Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Continue to remember uh, everyone uh, affected by the coronavirus. Uh, remember our, our country, our leaders, uh, and just God and our churches and each other. Every time we pray, let's remember them. But our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to go out by way of podcast. God, I thank you for this podcast, and I thank you, God, for using me, dear Lord. And I'm for so, uh, dear God, to sow these seeds, dear Lord. And God, I pray that these seeds will be watered and they will be cultivated, Lord, if not by me, by someone else, dear God, that they may grow into something that you would have, have them to grow into, dear God. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, for each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this coronavirus. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just be with them, Lord. And God, I pray for this vaccine that they have come up with, these two different vaccines they have come up with, dear God. I, I thank you for these vaccines, dear God, and I, I pray that they work. Dear Lord, I ask you that you will help these vac vaccines to keep the people from getting this uh, COVID-19, dear God, and it, and it won't affect them in a real harsh way. And Lord, I, I pray for our leaders of our nation, dear God, Lord, that you would just, God, just reveal yourself to them, dear God, and just, Lord, just have your way in their lives and, and move, dear God, in a way that you would have this nation to go. God, I just thank you for for moving. I thank you for touching. I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you for everything that you're going to do. Lord, just have your way tonight. Lord, just touch my mind and my lips, dear God. Lord, that I may speak the words that you would have me to speak. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're in Deuteronomy. Uh, go on, pick up uh, a little bit uh, where we left off last week. But now this uh, Israel is uh, exhorted to remember the Lord. No matter what happens in our life, that's the one thing that we need to do is we need to remember the Lord and that we need to uh, be with him, um, lean upon him, listen to him, do his, do his bidding, no matter what it is, whether we think we can't do it or not. Because... Uh, we can't, there, you know, there's a lot of things that I can't do by myself. But, you know, the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these Forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know that what, what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled, humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that you might not, that you might make, that he might make thee know that. Man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Doth man live? Now, uh, Moses is talking to the children of Israel. 
You know, this this is that one of the big long speeches that uh, Moses has been given right before they go in to start possessing the land, uh, the promised land. And the Lord's telling me, he said, that, and Moses is telling him, he said, Thou remember the Lord, which led thee around in the wilderness for 40 years. And, you know, we're talking about a place where they, there was no stores and there was no businesses and there was no cities or uh, really to speak of. They were cities there, but the cities did not want anything to do with the Israelites. Uh, everybody was afraid of the Israelites because they were God's chosen people. And the Lord had worked mightily in their behalf and everybody, you know, all the cities around where they were at out in this wilderness, they saw what was going on. And they knew that they was a different people and they knew that God uh, had blessed them and was using them and they were afraid of them. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing that uh, I guess today is the religious world. Uh, the religious world is uh, afraid of God's people because they know that uh, they have a form of godliness, but we are godly. And they, they know they they know they can't live up to their standards and live the way that they live. So they try to bring us down to live at their standards. But the Lord's telling these people, said you you trust me, you keep my commandments, you keep my statutes, and I'll bless you in every way you turn. Uh, he said, I I, I wandered. You've wandered around in the wilderness for forty years. I've humbled you and I've proved you. And uh, now then, it's, it's time for you to, to grow up and to become somebody and go in and possess this land which I have given to you. And he said, I fed you with manna, uh, which nobody knew exactly what it is. They just knew that they went out every morning and gathered it and, and they ground it up into a flour and made cakes out of it. And it, it um, sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness. And um, he said, but he said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Now, if, you remember, uh, uh, if you've ever read in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter uh, four and verse four, this is when Jesus, he was, he was out in a uh, desert place and he had been um, fasting for 40 days. And after the fast, he was hungry. And Satan came to him in his weakest point, just the way he does us. It's it's those times when when everything uh, seems to be coming against us, and and we're at our lowest point. That Satan comes against us and tempts us, and he done the same thing to Jesus. I mean, it's it's nothing new. Um, Satan's doing the same thing to to us that uh, he did he did to Jesus. Uh, and uh, Matthew 4, 4 said when he would, uh, the first thing that Satan said to him was, uh, if you be the son of God, make these stones into bread. And Jesus answered him, said in Matthew 4, chapter 4, and verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So you know, this this was not a, a new temptation. And uh, even if we go back and, and we look at the Israelites, they they 
uh, were tempted in about the same way, but, but they complained and, and fussed, and they got to the point to where that they didn't want to eat this bread all the time anymore. They wanted some meat, and the Lord gave them what they wanted, and uh, it was it became a curse to them more than it did uh, something uh, a blessing. And so, you know, the old saying is, be careful what you ask for because you might get it. And that was well in play in the children of Israel at that time. But he's telling them here, he said, I humbled you and I suffered thee to hunger and I fed thee with manna. And, but it said that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. We did, we don't. You, we we have a natural body, and we have a spiritual body within us. We feed our natural body bread, uh, diff, and you know all kinds of different foods and everything. But what do you feed your spiritual part of your 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 soul? What do you feed your soul? Do you feed it uh, the good things of the Lord, or do you feed it the bad things of Satan? And you know. But and the Lord is telling them here. He says we need to feed them the Word of God. We need to to sit and listen to the Word of God when it's taught and preached. And we need to sit down and we need to read the Word of God. We need to feast off of this. This is food for our for our spiritual side of us. Uh, and this is what we need to feed it with. And and if we don't feed it, it's going to starve to death. So, you know, just like if we don't never feed ourselves, we don't never eat anything at all, we're going to starve to death. So we need to feed our soul also. And that's what the Bible's saying here. We don't live by bread alone, but we uh, we live by the word of God also. And that's what makes our spiritual side strong. That's what makes, uh, and you know, if you, if you just ate once a week, uh, and that's all you ever ate, uh, you know, by time the next uh, the next day that you whatever day it is that you eat on, by time that next that next time for you to come by seven days later, you're going to be very weak. And you know that's that's the situation that a lot of us children of God are in. We the only time that we ever uh, read the Bible, the only time we ever pick it up is when we're going out the door to go to church. And then when we get to church, I'd say there's a lot of us that don't even open our Bibles up when we're at church. We depend on the, the, uh, the pastors and the, uh, the technical system to display the Bible up on the wall or the pastor or the teachers to read the Word of God. We don't even, we don't even open our Bibles up to follow along to make sure that they're reading out of the right Bible. They may be reading out some storybook. You you have no idea because you don't never read the Bible uh, other than when you're in church and you don't even follow along with it when you are in church. So, you know, we need to we need to take our Bibles. We need to read them every day. I, I know I harp on this all the time, but this is where we get our spiritual food from. It's from God's Word, and we need to read it every day. And we need to pray every day. Set you aside, set you aside some time, and just to read it. It doesn't matter if you don't understand it at the time. Read it. Try to get it to mem. Try to get it uh, applied to your memory. So, but there will be one day 
there will be one day that will come up that you will need those verses that you read that you don't understand at that time, but you will understand them later on. And verse 4, Thy raiment never waxed, waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. And now there was forty years walking through the desert and through the wilderness. Their clothes never waxed old. I mean, how many of us today have got a pair? I'm going to say, how many of us today have got a pair of blue jeans that's 40 years old? How many of us today has got a t-shirt that's 40 years old? You know, if, if, if any of my t-shirts or blue jeans was 40 years old, uh, I'd be caught for indecent exposure if I tried to wear them. How many of us can say that we have a pair of shoes that we wear every day that's 40 years old? These people walked, wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. Their garments never waxed old. Their, their shoes never waxed old. And they were just as good just as good as the day that they started out as the day they ended up on day 40. Their clothes was the same exact way. They never got, they, well, they were thirsty, but they always had water. They always had food. They all, everything that they needed, they always had. It doesn't matter what it was, they always had it. God supplied every need that they, for them during this 40 years. God will do the same thing for us today. See, the, the thing about it is, is the children of Israel was out in the middle of nowhere, uh, they couldn't run down to the corner to the Walmart or to the Walgreens or uh, the food cities or someplace like that to get what they needed. So they had to depend upon the Lord to supply their every need. Their water, their food, their clothes, their shoes, everything that they needed. They, they needed to trust in the Lord and to lean upon him for all of this. We as Christians today, we are spoiled. We, we are really spoiled. We really and truly, we don't have to lean upon the Lord for this stuff. Because we can, uh, we, we've got jobs, we work, we can go down to the Walmart or the food city or the, or the corner drugstore. We can get whatever we need and, it, and it's right there at hand. And it's, 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 I mean, it's on every corner and it doesn't matter. I can go, uh, within a half a mile or three quarters of a mile of my home and I can get gas, I can get drinks, I can get food, I can get what it need, whatever I need. But, you know, but let's think about someone that has, has really lost their job and they have no means of income or anything and they have no means by which to get a job. These are the people that are really like the ones that was wandering around out in the desert. They have to trust God. They have to lean upon the Lord for their survival. We, as children of God, should be doing that, even though everything is, we have everything that we really need. We should still be depending upon God 
for our jobs, our food, uh, uh, our clothing, everything we have, we should still be depending upon the Lord and trusting in, trusting in Him and, and uh, leaning on Him for everything. But see, we have got to the point to where that we are spoiled. We, do, we think that we can do everything ourselves. We don't need anybody else. We don't need the Lord. We don't need the brothers and sisters. We don't need nobody. We are self-sufficient. We can take care of ourselves, and that's it. And we have got to the point of where that we are ashamed to ask for help. And, I mean, when, we, when it gets down to the point of where that we ain't got nothing, we still are ashamed and humiliated to ask for help. But see, the children of Israel, they was in a place to where God humbled them. They were very humble because they have, were in a place to where that the Lord told them that you're going to wander around in this wilderness for 40 years. Uh, there's, there's no way around that. Because of your disobedience, because of your unbelief, the things that a lot of us, a lot of people that nowadays go through, including including myself, is because of their unbelief and because of their rejection of the Lord and and not doing what the Lord wants us to do, and you know that's that's not a good place to be in, but you know. The Lord will supply your need. It doesn't matter what it is. He will take care of everything. He will He will supply your need. Whatever that need is at the time, He will supply it. But we need to trust Him, and we need to follow Him, and we need to have faith in Him, and we need to lean upon Him, and we need to know that everything that we have, even though we work for a job, we work on a job, and that job pays us money, still yet everything that we have comes from God. God allows us to have it, and he gives it to us to make our life easier. <clears throat> Verse 5, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteth his son, so the Lord thy God chastens thee. In other words, whips you. Uh, you don't get a time out. You don't get put in the corner. You don't, and the Lord tells you, well, you shouldn't do that. The Lord chastises us. And let me tell you something, people. I don't care what all the psychiatrists in the world says. Uh, I, when I was growing up, I got whippings. It was either with a belt or it was with a switch. And my, my older sister and I, every time that we went, at that time, we lived over in Irwin, and, uh, Irwin, Tennessee, and we lived right at the foot of Buffalo Mountain. And every time my sister and I, my older sister and I got in trouble, my dad would hand us his pocket knife, and he would send us across the road to the, to the uh, mountain, and we'd have to cut our own switches to get our whippings with. And I thank God for every time that, that my my mom and my dad both whipped me. I thank God for that. Because in, if you go to uh, Proverbs 13 and 24, this is, out, this is out of God's word. He said, he that spares his rod hateth his sons. In other words, if you don't chastise your son or your daughter, you don't love them. You don't care about them. And you don't really need them. 
But he that loveth him chasteth him be times. In other words, many times. Not just once in a while, but many times. Every time he needs it. And in Proverbs 22 and 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He won't depart from all the things that you taught him. He may depart and go back out on and sin and go back out on God, but he'll never forget. Trust me, he will never forget the training and the teaching that he got while he was growing up. He will never forget those those whippings he got either. Not because it's something that's bad, but because it was those whippings that kept me in line, that kept me to where I had uh, confidence and love for my parents because I know that they was trying to teach me to do the right things. And when I would not listen and when I misbehaved, then I had to, to get a little reminder that I needed to do better. And we went, we're not going to go into no farther than that. Verse, and verse 6, Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein ye shall eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and, who, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. In other words, everything that you need is right here in this land that I'm that you are going to go in and possess. This land, this place in our Christian life, when we get there, it has everything that we need. All we have to do is possess it. This word of God has everything that we need to make our life very joyous and very happy and very peaceful. All we have to do is accept it, to go in and to take it and to say it's mine and to um, to possess it. God has given us so many blessings and so many promises in his word, but we have to take them. It's just like the pastor one time was talking about along this same line and he took out a $100 bill and laid it on the table there in front of the pulpit. And he said, now, he said, any one of you can have this $100 bill. But he said, you're going to have to come and get it. If you want it, you're going to have to get up out of your seat and walk up here in front of everybody and pick that up. And that's the same way it is with us. God has so many things, so many blessings, and so many promises in his word, but we have to possess them. We have to take them. We cannot just sit back and, and expect God to just to give us everything. We're going to have to do some work. You know, the road to heaven, you have to walk this path. You have to walk on this path. You cannot just 
get on it and find you a place to sit down and sit there and wait on the Lord to come back. You have to walk this path. And on this path, there are many different uh, journeys and many different things that you have to do to progress forward. There's, there's hills and there's mountains and there's valleys and, and there's different things that we have to go through. And it is it takes some work to live for the Lord. You you cannot just just sit down and do nothing and expect to live for the Lord. We have we have to do some work. We have to want to want to go to heaven. We want we have to want to live for the Lord. And we have to go in and possess the things that the Lord has given us and go and physically walk I mean spiritually move that's why the bible says when when the children were at the red sea the children of israel at the red sea and the mountains beside of them and and pharaoh was behind them and the lord told them to stand still but he also told them to move forward so what what they were doing they were standing still while the lord moved in their behalf and when he moved then they had to they had to move that and if they had just stood there and expected God to physically pick them up and set them on the other side of the Red Sea, it would have never have happened. Pharaoh would have caught up with them and probably killed every one of them. But because they waited upon the Lord, and when the Lord moved, then they moved. They went from one side of the Red Sea to the other side of the Red Sea with water standing on each side of them on dry land because they moved. They didn't sit still. And see, the children of Israel, at, this, at the point they are at, they are standing still right now. They are getting instructions from Moses. He is, re, he is going over everything that the Lord has taught them and done for them for the last 40 years. He's, 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 he's going over it um, bit by bit through the whole thing, and they are waiting to go over and possess the land that the, God had promised to them. But they are standing still at this point, getting ready, getting uh, pumped up and, and getting their their encouragement and and uh, getting ready to go over and to take this land. But when it comes time for them to move, if they stay right where they're at, they're not going to get anything. But if they move forward from there, the Lord is going to bless them and he's going to give them exactly what that he promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that he would give them many hundreds of years ago. But he's, he's also, he's also, he's telling them what he's going to give them. He's telling them what's happened to them. But he's also uh, retelling about uh, the commandments and the judgments and everything and what will happen if they don't follow him. And, you know, that's the one part that... Um, we as preachers and teachers, that's the one part that we we leave out a lot of times. We don't like to tell everybody about it because we don't want to run nobody off. But, you know, if we are not going to live for the Lord and we're, or we're going to ride the fence and try to live for the Lord on uh, Sunday and Wednesday and live like the world the rest of the week, 
um, heaven's not going to be our home. Because I, and the Bible says, I wish that God, this is God speaking, I wish that you were hot or cold. But if you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I don't want nothing to do with you. When you get to that point of where that you're riding that fence, I, there's, there's no way that I can do anything for you because you think you're right and you think you're on your way to heaven just because you go to church on Wednesday, on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. You think you're all right and you think you're going to, and nobody else can convince you that you're not right. Verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his statutes and his uh, judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Least when thou hast eaten and are full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart is be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Do not, when you get to that point, get to the point to where God is blessing you in every way that you turn, and forget to thank God for each and every one of the blessings that he has given you. See, a lot of us, we get to that point and people get to talking about how the Lord is blessing us and, and um, I, what all we've got and everything like that. And we start getting the big head and the next thing you know, we... We are not thanking God for everything that we got, and we are bragging on ourselves and talking about how that we, uh, uh, what kind of job we have, and how much money we make, and uh, how we bought this, and how I bought that, and uh, it's me, 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 and I, 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 and we forget about Jesus. That has happened a lot of times, a lot of times by a lot of people. They have gotten, they have started out following the Lord and everything, and the Lord gets to blessing them, and then they get to looking at everything that they have done, and that's the reason why that they have what they have today is because of what i done, and it's not because of anything that I have done. It's because God gives me these, this stuff. That's the reason why that I have what I have today, and I thank God for everything that I have. And, and if I have something that I cannot use for the glory of God, I really don't need it. If, if I, there's something that I have that uh, is, that can only be used for other purposes, I, I really don't want it. Because everything that I have, I want God to receive the glory that he deserves because I have it. And that's, that's, you know, that's the one thing about it. I don't have a lot, but God has blessed me greatly. He has blessed me way above what I should be blessed with. And I thank God for everything that I have. That's the one thing I do. I don't care if I'm at work. I don't care if I'm in a restaurant. I don't care where I'm at. 
before I eat, or sometimes I forget, uh, but I will ask God to bless my food and my drink before I, most of the time before I partake of it. <laughs> and I got at, when I sit down at work and I bow my head to pray, I had a, a habit of saying a real quick prayer, you know, real quickly. Because I didn't, I, I really didn't want to see anybody uh, notice that my head was bowed, my eyes was closed, and my mouth was moving. I didn't really want anybody to see that. But the Lord got to me, and He He makes me. He told me. Let me repeat that way. He told me. He said, "When you give thanks for your food, you are, you are to mention everything that you have to eat at that time by name." So my egg salad sandwich and my pepper turkey sandwich with cheese on it, that's what I ask God to bless. And when I bow my head and close my eyes and I start speaking quickly, I will stop, ask God to forgive me, and I will start over and I will take my time and I will ask God to bless each and every item that I am partaking of at that time. No, that's that. I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that. That's just something between me and the Lord. And I can understand why, because I have got a bad habit of bowing my head and rattling off a prayer and being done with it. And that's when we need to take our time and we need to talk to the Lord and we need to to talk to him like we would somebody else, not somebody that we want to just answer the question and get away from, but somebody that we really want to talk to. And that's what he's telling him here. He said, don't forget who I am. Don't forget what I've done for you. Remember where you came from. Remember what I've done to get you from that point to this point and don't never don't never look back for the purpose of wanting to go back and desiring those things that you had back then uh but we all do it the children of israel done it many times but don't go desiring that stuff that you had but remember where i brought you from and what you did back then and look at where you are right now and see the difference in it and if you look back when you, uh, before you gave your heart and life to God and you looked at where you're at right now and if ain't a whole lot of difference in the two of them, uh, you need a spiritual checkup because something's wrong with that picture. Verse 15. Who led thee through the, that great and terrible wilderness wherein there were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought and there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who led thee in the wilderness with manna, uh, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou shalt say in mine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this well. That's what I was talking about a minute ago. Look at what I have done. Look at what I have obtained. Uh, you know, 
I've got this big fine house and I worked hard for it and blah, blah, blah. You know how that thing goes. But no, I, I've, got a, I've got a roof over my head. It's, I've got heat and air. And I've got electricity. I've got sewer. I've got everything that I need and everything that I have, God has given to me. Yes, it took some work on my part. But, Salvation is free, but to get to heaven, you're going to have to do some work. To keep that salvation and keep getting closer to God, you're going to have to do some work. To be, uh, to get to the point to where that you are happy, you are content, you are joyous, you're going to have to do some work. It, it's, it's, Salvation is free. That part's free. That the price of salvation has been paid. Now to to get to heaven and get to where get to the the promised land, that place where God can really use us and bless us, it's going to take some work, just like the children of Israel. He said, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey. Alright, there's many nations in this land already. They're going to stay there. Till you go over and you take the land from them. But you're going to have to go in and take it from them. I'm not just going to drive them off or, or just speak the word and they all die out or whatever. Because when I do that, it's going to grow up. The wild animals is going to come in and take over. And you're going to be in worse shape than what you are now. But little by little, I'm going to give you this land, but you're going to have to do some work in a, in before you'll ever get it. You're just not going to walk in and just take over. It's going to, it's going to cost you some work. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. It is, it is, every good thing comes from above. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as in this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. If you, at some time or other, accept God as your personal Savior, and you walk in the Lord, and you uh, and you are really a true born-again child of God, and you turn your back on God, you shall surely perish if you do not repent. What the Word of God said right there. If you do at all forget the Lord, thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before their, your face, so shall ye perish. Because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. 
Because you did not obey God, because you did not hearken unto him, because you did not keep his commandments. Now, he is talking to his chosen people here. These are children of God that he is talking to, his chosen people, just like us. If you are born again, he is talking to us. If at any time we turn our back on him, we are in danger of hellfire. Because he said it right there. And listen, the, the children of God, the children of Israel, they made this trek literally. They, made, they walked this, this 40 years in this desert and they left Egypt and they went to the promised land and they went over in and possessed the promised land and they, when they got over there, they done just exactly what God told them not to do, and they got in trouble, and some of them died. Lord had to intervene a many a time on their behalf, and they had to turn their heart and life back over to God and ask for forgiveness, and he brought them back many times but he always brought them back when they asked for forgiveness if we as children of God turn our backs on him go after other gods go out, go out in, back out in sin start doing the things and living like the world and doing the things of the world and and just having a good time and, and uh, completely forget about praying and, and reading the Bible and going to church and we, we just out having a good time and, and drinking and having uh, just, I mean, just running with the world. If we do not repent and ask God to forgive us and get back to where we once were with him, we will make hell our home. Don't believe me? Study it. Read the word of God. Find out. Right here he's telling them though. If thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them, you say, well, I'm not, I'm not serving other gods. I'm not. Really? You, you want to go down that road? Because when you get to following everything of this world and you're not following after the Lord and living for the Lord, you are following other gods. You are worshiping other gods. They are just not the form of Buddha or Muhammad or any of those, but they are other gods because they those are the things that you put before God and that's the one, that's the thing that you are worshiping. So yeah, you are worshiping other gods. You are looking for pleasure of life. You are worshiping the, the creature more than the creator. You are worshiping things of this world more than you are God. So yes, you are in danger of hellfire. I, I, you know, that, that's, I know that's plain and, and it's harsh, but that's the way it is. 
I've said this many times. We have, we as preachers and teachers have danced around and, and played around with the Word of God so long that we are afraid to tell it just exactly the way it is today. We, we want to tickle everybody's ears and, and keep them happy and, and keep them glad and keep them coming back to church so that they will keep paying their tithes so we can get the big money and we can have a fancy church and, and all these different fancy things in the church. And, and we have gotten away from the true meaning of being a Christian and the true meaning of living for God. And we have just decided that whatever it takes to keep the people people in the church and have a big congregation and have lots of money, that's what we're going to do. That, friends and neighbors, is chasing after other gods because you have put all of that before God. It doesn't matter what you... uh, what kind of knowledge you have and what you get into the pulpit and preach. When you get to the point to where that you're preaching and teaching to make the people happy so that they will come into your congregation, you have gotten away from God and you are worshiping other gods, namely the almighty dollar. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, look at the world today, people. Look at what people are doing for money. Think about that for a while. Think about, just think about what people in this world today are doing for money. That's the number one God in the world today. That's the number one God that people are worshiping in the world today is money. It's also the reason why God says, the Bible says, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and man, and you can't serve God and money. You've got to serve God 100%, or you're not serving him at all. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you got something out of this, and I hope it, I hope it blesses you. Until next time, God bless you.